What's up, Conquerors? This is your host, Joey Pepper. And today we dive one step closer into becoming more than a conqueror through Christ who loved us. Hey, if you find this content helpful, please help this channel to get off the ground running and please like, subscribe, or leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Now, let's dive into some new content. What's up, Conquerors? This is Joey, your host. We're bound and we're blessed. It's the title of this podcast today, talking about servant leadership. Before we dive into that, let's go into a review of last week. Talked about love languages and leadership. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that, highly encourage you to go listen to that episode and the previous ones in terms of leadership. This is going to end it. We are, we are finally done in our series of leadership. Uh, this is the final episode. Um, and then after that, we're going to have some, some more fun new content. But last week, we talked about love languages. There's five of them. There's physical touch, which we, we did say a disclaimer. Physical touch must be used professionally. Uh, if that's their love language, it's not an excuse to touch somebody inappropriately. But anyways, the five love languages, physical touch, quality time, acts of service, gifts, and words of affirmation. And uh, we say in the podcast how all five of those are seen in the scripture. Um, of course, you're not going to hear the word love languages from the Bible. That's a term that was created well after the formation of the canon. But anyways, we can take applicable principles of how love languages uh, are can be applied to our leadership to make us better leaders. Well, first is that leadership... The, the core behind the entire principle of leadership is adding value to the other person or to the organization or to whatever you lead. But how can you add value to someone if you don't know what makes them feel valued? You see, love languages and knowing that about somebody else is a great way to get to know somebody and get to know what makes them feel valued. That's going to be crucial to making us better leaders. Uh, they will allow us to kind of break through the weird barrier and go from the icebreaker surface level conversation to a connection with a deeper bond with people. And on that note of deeper bond, let's talk about how we are bound and blessed. Servant leadership uh, is the topic of today, and it is the ultimate key to growing your leadership. And I have talked about this in previous episodes, alluding to the fact that we're going to do an episode on servant leadership. And here we are. We finally made it. I hope it lives up to the hype. Um, Let's dive in. I want to share a quick story uh, about my time working in construction. Um, I worked at this company in West Palm Beach, and it was a it was a multi-million dollar company. And um, well, here's the thing. It was in Florida on the coast. And so it experienced a hurricane when I had first started working there. Um, and so naturally, well, first of all, you, you have about a 50-50 split with people in Florida. You have people that like low-key internally panic and they buy up like all the toilet paper, uh, kind of like they did for COVID, which was weird. I don't know why we stockpiled toilet paper. But they, they stockpile like canned foods and they just 
just make their house a fortress that they can live in for the next 25 years and not have to see a single soul. You've got those people in Florida. And then you have the people in Florida that go surfing in the hurricane and um, that just do not seem to care. Like if there's a hurricane, it's basically like a May shower. And so so the the CEO of this uh, multi-million dollar company, he really cared about his employees and his employees in a, in a construction job tend to work pretty long hours. So what this guy did, uh, the, the, the CEO, the founder of, of the entire multi-million dollar company, he put up or, and offered to put up hurricane shutters for every single one of his employees that needed him to, because there were a lot that didn't quite have time or somewhere out of town or leaving. Um, some have families, some had to go evacuate. Um, and so the CEO offered uh, to put up hurricane shutters for those who needed him. And so he didn't outsource that. He didn't like give that to his assistant and be like, yo, go hire some guys to put up some hurricane shutters. But him and other executives and other people from the company got together and they put hurricane shutters up for the employees of this company. And th- this that this is one example of servant leadership. And this was the guy he founded the company. He grew from his garage to over 200 employees through having the mindset of servant leadership. Servant leadership is the ultimate key to growing as a leader. Now that that now I want to dive into what the title means is that we're bound and we're blessed. See, you are bound to something. You will either serve yourself or you will serve God. You cannot serve two masters for you will hate the one and love the other. That comes straight from the Bible. There's a lot in the word of God that talks about us being bound to something. It talks about in Romans how when uh, before Christ died on the cross, we were bound to the flesh. And you see Romans uh, Roman law, uh, Paul was very acquainted with because he was a Pharisee. And so Paul being a, a Pharisee acquainted with the law, he wrote Romans as like a court case for the gospel. And so what he did is he went through, um, the evidence, he went through witnesses, he goes through testimonies and he, he basically puts the gospel of Jesus Christ up against the law to see how it stands. And he proves it to the church in Rome. And he says, for you are bound by the flesh because the law, you are under the law. But now we're not under the law. We are under grace. So now we're bound to grace. We're not bound to the law. Um, And so you can either be bound to money or you can serve the Lord. And if you're idolizing money, you will take your eyes off of the Lord. You are bound to something. And many, many people claim to be Christian. Many people claim to love God and want to grow in him, but they bind themselves to something in their life that could be material possessions. It could be you're chasing after a job, a career, a position over, over chasing Christ. Some people chase relationships with other humans instead of chasing Jesus Christ. Some people uh, are just so bound 
by anxiety, bound by their hurt, bound by their past experiences, that they can't let that go and then serve Christ. They, they just hold on to that because the fear of the unknown it is scary and it's just more comfortable to stay bound to the hurt and the pain that you're already in instead of experiencing the freedom of being bound to Christ. Now, the gospel of Jesus Christ is a miracle. The premise of it is that we were under law, that God the Father, he is holy and perfect and blameless and upright. He cannot be around sin. He created the world and everything that you see, and he created humans to have relationship with him. But we messed that up. And so we needed a way to get back to having relationship with God. And that's what Christ did on the cross, which, by the way, is a form of servant leadership. Um, Christ is the ultimate servant leader. He didn't come to be served, but to serve. And he gave his life as a ransom for many. But that, we, that set us free from the law, but us, we are always serving a master. We are not the master of our lives. And it calls us in the, in, in the Bible, it calls us bond servants of Jesus Christ. So it's saying, if you've gone from death to life, you're not necessarily free. Paul is, says we are obligated to preach the gospel. We are obligated to live according to the spirit. We must imitate Christ because we are bound to him as bond servants. So you are bound to something, whether that still be in the world or whether that be Christ, you still serve something every single day of your life. In Luke 17 verse 10, it says this, it says, so you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. You see, you are a slave even to Christ. And let's talk a minute for how Christ was a servant leader. And then I'm going to dive into why it's important that we be servant leaders. First of all, Christ was a servant leader by giving the ultimate sacrifice. It says in John 15, 13, that there's no greater love than this, than you would lay down your life for a friend. And Christ did that for you and for everyone else that claims him as Lord and Savior. Christ laid down his life uh, for the elect, for the called, for the people that are going to spend eternity with God the Father. The only way we can do that is because of Christ's servant leadership. Another form is that he washed the disciples' feet. He washed the, the, the grossest, most ugly parts of their feet. He, he sat at a well and waited for the woman to come and, and ask him uh, for, for the living source of water. You see, Christ was always out to serve other people. He raised people from the dead. He performed miracles. He, he feasted. He fellowshiped with other people. Uh, but most importantly, he led by servant leadership. And one of the most most important ways there that he showed us examples of servant leadership is how he constantly got in quiet with the father. Like he, like early in the morning, like he would go to a quiet place and he would pray and he would read the Bible and he would get an intimate relationship with God the father. That's an example to us that we, we have been given the, the, the spirit of adoption as, as, as sons whom we cry, Abba, Father. Like we also can have a tender dependence on God the Father as uh, 
as our father, as, as the perfect God who created the world, like we should be getting like in the quiet, in the word, in prayer, we should be seeking a tender dependence on God the Father, just like Jesus did. Another way that Jesus showed an example of servant leadership is through his baptism. Uh, in Matthew verse uh, chapter 3, there's a, an example of Jesus being baptized in the Jordan River uh, as an example for the rest of his followers, that that is an important thing that he calls us to do. The baptism is merely a symbol of uh, the, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the baptism is a symbol for our profession of faith in Christ. It doesn't save you. It didn't save Jesus. But the baptism is a symbol saying, I follow Christ and I'm not turning back because I, uh, I am with Christ in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection. And much like Christ, I will be resurrected one day also. And you see, Christ he didn't need to be baptized. Like he is the reason we get baptized. (laughs) And so he did that as an example for us. Another example is immediately following this baptism. In Matthew 4, uh, it it goes through the story of the temptation of Jesus. And there are, um, there are three of them, but this story is wildly known even amongst like non-Christians. Like this is a very famous story. And Jesus is tempted by this, by Satan himself most of us, many of us, we are tempted by just our wicked, deceitful hearts or even lesser demons. Like Satan can only be at one place at one time. Um, I hate to break it to you. Not everyone in the world is tempted by the devil at all times. Like most of us, we just have wicked and deceitful hearts that tempt us. So Jesus, he sets the example of what it means to go through temptation uh, and succeed. He, he sets the example, first of all, by fasting. He fasts for 40 days and 40 nights, even till the point of near starvation. So he sets the example that before temptation even occurs, is that we must be in the quiet with God seeking his face. Because if we're not, when the temptation, when the test, when the trial does come, then we will fall and we will fail. And it says that in verse one, that the spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That word tempted is better translated tested. The Lord does not tempt us, but he does lead us to testing, which will prove to us how much faith we have in God. It's not going to prove anything to God. He knows everything about your life, even your intentions. But he does lead Jesus to be tested uh, and, and to prove his faith to himself and to start his ministry. So there's three, there's three tests. He tests, Satan tests uh, Jesus's identity by telling him that if he's the son of God, he should turn bread, uh, stones into bread. And so this is kind of like uh, the bully on the playground saying that if you're cool, you would hang off the monkey bars by your feet. And, and, and it's just when our identity gets challenged, it's a test for us because pride rises up within us and it just makes us want to do stupid things. It makes us want to do what we're not supposed to be doing. And then the second test um, is power and authority. He says that he should have power over the angels and, and make them come help him concerning uh, it, it, Satan even goes into some some scripture here, which is in t- which is interesting because even Satan quotes scripture. So I think there are a lot of people that can read scripture, but if we're not applying it and we're not interpreting it correctly, 
we're no better than the devil himself, which is a harsh statement, but a true statement. Even, even Satan knows Christ uh, is, is king and he trembles before him. But still, he tests Jesus' power and authority. And Jesus responds um, with, it is written. And you see, when our power or our influence or our authority is challenged, we like to defend ourselves, right? Oh, you don't think I'm smart enough? Let me study on this test and get a better grade than you. Oh, you don't think I'm good enough at sports? Let me get the highest award I possibly can. See, we try and defend our power, our level of influence, our level of authority. But Christ demonstrates through servant leadership that no, we should demonstrate God's power and God's authority. And it doesn't matter what people say about us. It doesn't matter what people challenge in us. It doesn't matter what people try and get us to do that we are proving God's divine power over our lives. See, when we are a servant of Christ, we are under Christ's authority. So it doesn't matter if our authority is challenged. And the third is with material blessings. Christ says that it is written for a third time. And he says um, that, that it, it, the material possessions are not worth bowing down and worshiping Satan. And see, the thing is, after he resists the devil, angels do come and minister to him. And you see, that's the thing about tests, is that in Job 23.10, it says that he knows the way that I take. And when I've been tested, I will come forth as gold. But the test is not necessarily the fun part. But we have to keep going strong even through the test. And so Christ shows us all of these things as an example of servant leadership by going through it himself. And all of these points, all of these applicable, uh, pretty much life-altering attitudes to have about tests and trials, they come from Christ doing it first and succeeding. Now, here's the thing about servant leadership. If Christ hadn't have done that, if he didn't go through it, if he didn't set that example for us, we wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be telling those stories. I wouldn't be sharing the story of the CEO who put hurricane shutters up. If there was no leadership by example, if there was no leadership by service, um, then there would only be pride, arrogance, and sin. Servant leadership is the most humble approach to leadership. It is not putting you on a pedestal. It is not promoting your power or your authority, but rather it is promoting Christ. It is promoting God's power and God's authority in your life. And see, leaders, leaders are crucial. John Maxwell says that everything rises and falls on leadership. Leadership is one of the most important things. And I don't think I will ever stop talking about how important leadership is. And you are a leader. This whole series is about the fact that you are a leader and we're trying to grow in our leadership together. Now, here's the thing about servant leadership is that it's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun to do grunt work. It's not fun to pick up coffee. It's not fun to do things that are below your pay grade, quote unquote. It's not fun to do things like stay 20 minutes after your shift ends or pick up somebody else's shift. It's not fun to volunteer when you're dog tired and you don't feel like going out. It's not fun to break off unhealthy friendships or relationships that are hindering you. It's not fun to set the example by servant leadership of doing things that people don't like to do. But only by doing these things that people don't like to do are you going to explode your leadership growth. Because when people do 
consistently what other people do sometimes that is what people take notice of if you are consistently serving other people then higher up leaders are going to notice that Um, your future relationships are going to notice that and you will start to notice that you're actually thriving um, compared to when you were not doing that thing this even applies to marriage marriage is not a 50 50 thing it's not one one person brings 50% effort and the other person brings 50% effort to make 100%. No, it's both people bringing 100% of their effort to serve one another. Marriage is kind of like a competition. Like who can outserve the other person most of the time? Like you should constantly be trying to serve your spouse. And now I am a single guy. Like I don't have all the authority in the world to speak on that subject. So I got that from people who are married and from principles in the word of God is that even in friendships, even in acquaintances, even in co-workers, like you should be constantly trying to outserve other people. And I know what you're thinking, but Joey, I can't outserve other people because I'm tired. Well, the, the Bible talks about that and he says, come to, come to me all who are weary and I will give you rest and I will give you rest the psalms a a lot of the psalms are psalms of lament of of just sad songs but even in the midst of those chapters in the hardest chapters David or whoever wrote the psalms will say but I will continue to praise you and give you thanksgiving you see he will continue to serve the Lord even when it's hard Servant leadership is crucial for you growing as a leader, but also for you growing as a person. Servant leadership is what's going to open up opportunities. Servant leadership is what's going to open up new uh, connections and friendships and relationships and just new adventures for you. Because servant leadership, the premise of it all is that you would say yes to doing new things. In servant leadership, when you say yes to doing new things, when you say yes to doing little things, you never know where that's going to lead. So what do we learn? Well, we learned that you are bound to something. You, you are a slave either to yourself, you are a slave to your sin if you don't know Jesus Christ, or you are a slave of Christ. You are inheriting God the Father. Christ has made you perfect and blameless. And with the rest of our earthly lives, we should strive to serve him. And for the rest of our eternal lives, we will be worshiping him. You are bound to something. You also learn that servant leadership is the ultimate key to growing as a leader. Now let's dive into some application questions. What Number one, number one, what are some things in your life that you are currently saying no to that would help you to become a servant leader. So what are some things that you don't necessarily want to do or be doing uh, that could actually benefit you as a servant leader? Number two, if you are tired of serving consistently, if you're doing a very, very good job at being a servant leader and you serve at the church, you serve with people outside of the church you're always you just seem to live at either work school the gym or the church you're always helping people and you're weary and you're tired how can you carve out time in the quiet with god and with jesus christ in his word and in prayer to build up your spirit 
what, how can you rearrange your schedule? What can you take out or what can you add in that will allow you free time to rest and to grow so you can continue to be poured out? Thank you for listening to the Conquering Christian Podcast channel. If this information was helpful to you, please consider leaving a review wherever you listen, subscribing to the channel, and coming back next week for some more new content. Thanks, guys. You are loved.